Well, summer's here, and a lot of our kids are heading off to camp, and some of them will find themselves maybe feeling a little bit homesick. Of course, the official anthem of Summer Camp Misery has to be that old song, Camp Granada, a.k.a. Hello, Mudda. Hello, Father. You guys know that one? Okay, a uh, uh, kid writes home to his parents, telling them about how terrible camp is, and he begs them, please come, take me home. Uh, but uh, real kids actually write letters just like these every single summer. And uh, there's, there's actually an Instagram page that collects some of these hilarious letters. It, it's called homesick.com. Uh, one letter says, Dear Mom, you forgot to pack me underwear. <laughs> Yikes, you packed 50 million things and you forget the one thing that matters most. Ah, here's another great one. Dear birth giver, thank you for life, but it is not going well. I equal homesick and tired. One mom commented, oh, finally someone who appreciates what we went through. P.S. We've been tired since the day you were born. Isn't that true, moms? The last one, he's not mentioned any words on this one. Dear mom, take me home. <coughs> take me home. That's all. my one message. Well, we have moments in life where we can all feel homesick. And maybe you have. Maybe you went off to a sports camp and you felt homesick. Or you went on a trip away from family and you felt homesick. Whatever it was, we can all have those moments where we feel homesick. But I also wonder if we have these moments, maybe a little bit more than we realize. Like camp, we all go through difficulties in life. Maybe you lost a loved one. A lot of us have lost loved ones this year. Maybe you're, you can't sleep at night because you're worried about finances. Maybe you're battling some fear or anxiety. Maybe, maybe it's a broken relationship. It feels irreparable. You're not sure it'll ever be the same again. Our heart aches in so many ways. We say, is the world broken? It is. And we find, our, we find our spirit longing for a better world where we've never been, but we know we belong. G.K. Chesterton, an English author, writes about the moment he had the first realization that he had a perfect home in heaven. And he said, when I heard that I was in the wrong place, my soul sang for joy like a bird in spring. I knew now why I could feel homesick at home. We all have this homesickness in our heart for a better world. That God is preparing for those who trust in him. We're in a series here at Hope on the book of Isaiah called The God You Can Trust. And we got to celebrate because today we've come to the 21st and final message in that series. So congratulations. Thank you. You know, I hope that this has been an amazing series for you. We pray that you've grown in your faith, and uh, it's just been a fun series. We loved it. We started out last fall, and we saw in chapter one the truth about sin. It separates us from God. We said the problem is sin, but then we've also heard good news of the free gift of salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. 700 years before Jesus arrived, Isaiah proclaimed him. His book is a gospel book. Called it one of the fifth gospel. And today we come to the grand finale and the big, the big culmination of God's wonderful plan of salvation. Isaiah ends just like the Bible ends, with God creating a new heavens and a new earth. That's Isaiah 65 and 66, and Revelation 21 and 22. And what you'll hear today about our heavenly home from the book of Isaiah 
will take your breath away. It's, it's life-changing. It's paradigm-shifting. When you start to understand the true biblical view of our eternity with God and what awaits us, blow your mind. You'll think differently. You'll live differently. Our homesick hearts get infused with hope and anticipation. Here's where we're going today. New heavens and new earth. We got three questions. What is it? What will it be like? How do we get there? So if you have your Bible, open up to Isaiah 65. Pick it up in verse 17. We'll have it up on the screen too so you can just follow along. This is the new heaven and new earth. Here's what God says. See, I will create a new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. I'll create Jerusalem to be a delight for a delight and its people a joy. I'll rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives just a few days, or an old man who doesn't live out his years, the one who dies at 100, like a thought of as a mere child, the one who fails to reach 100 will be accursed. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them, or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Before, I, before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like an ox, and the dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the incredible promises that you've given us. That a day will come when you will restore all things. That you will wipe every tear from our eye. And we will delight in you. We will delight in the glorious future that you have for us. I pray today that you'd open our hearts and open our eyes to the wonder what you've prepared for those who love you. Speak to our hearts, God. We need hope. We need courage. So help us out. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's dive in. I'm excited. Looking at the new heaven and the new earth. First question, what is it? It's a great question. Maybe you haven't heard of this new heaven and new earth. So let's take a look at the scriptures. Number one, Isaiah 65, 17. God says to the prophet Isaiah, See, I will create a new heavens and a new earth. And God has an eternal plan that he will create a new heaven and a new earth. The old will pass away. He will make all things new. We read the same thing at the end of the Bible in Revelation 21. It says, after Jesus Christ returns, and he will judge the living and the dead. And then we see in chapter 21, a new heaven and a new earth. And God fulfills the promise that he spoke of Isaiah 65. 
day to come. Here it is, Revelation 21. Apostle John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Isn't that interesting how the Bible ends like it began in Genesis 1? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the whole cosmos, the entire universe. God created it. Genesis and Revelation, God recreates it. Says, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There's no longer any sea. The forces of death and chaos, gone. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. That's the saints of God coming down, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. <laughs> he quotes Isaiah again. How about that? He will wipe every tear from their eye, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. What a beautiful description of what God's going to do in the eternity we have with him. We see here a literal fulfillment of heaven on earth. Anybody remember the 80s? We sang a song. Ooh, heaven is the place. You guys remember that? Yeah, yeah. Just singing that all week. You guess we were all theologians. It's exactly what God plans to do. What is this new heaven and earth? Well, let's start with heaven. What's heaven? Definition. Heaven is where God dwells. It's where his throne is. place of indescribable glory, power. And look at this. Heaven is where we can dwell through faith in Jesus. But sometimes what maybe we don't get is that there is a difference between what we could call the present heaven and the future heaven. I love this chart from Randy Alcorn. I think it helps explain the difference. So you see the present heaven and the future heaven. The present heaven is where a believer in Jesus goes after they die. And notice the direction here, uh, directionally where God's people go up to live with him. Jesus calls it paradise. You remember Jesus, when he was hanging on a cross, he hung next to two thieves. And, and, and as they are dying, one of the thieves turns to Jesus in faith and trust. And Jesus says to that thief, he says, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And do you notice the continuity? It's, it's Jesus and the thief. And, and the two of them, Jesus and the thief, will be together in paradise. That, that very day, he says. Not a thousand years from them, not a soul sleep, but, but conscious presence together in paradise. Wow. How about that? Now Paul says in Philippians 1, for me to live is Christ. Right? God's given us this life on earth, and, and we live, and to live is Christ. But then he says, to die is gain. Huh? What? And he says, I desire to go and be with Christ, which is far better. And how much better it would be even now. As we live in a world of suffering and sin and rebellion and death, 
We understand today the moment we die, our life instantly improves. We're with God. We're with Jesus in heaven where there, it is a place of righteousness and joy and blessing and glory. Nothing compares to the glory of heaven and what we will experience in that moment. But I like what this description, this metaphor that Randy Alcorn, he says, present heaven is kind of like a layover, albeit a lot better. Okay? Layovers are never... <laughs> but in what sense is the present heaven a layover? It's temporary. We're there for a limited period of time. Well, if heaven is so amazing, if it's so wonderful, why is it temporary? It's a great question. Because in the present heaven, when we are present, from, present with the Lord, we are absent from the body. Right? The... The Spirit goes to be with God when we die that moment of death. Oh, with me in paradise. Yes, awesome. My spirit's with Jesus. Sweet. But my body, not doing so good. It's, it's going back to the grave. And, and what the Bible teaches is that God has an incredible plan to bring our spirit and our body back together again. It's called the resurrection. Wow. What an incredible thought. See, the future heaven is after the resurrection. And when Christ returns, he will raise us up. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. I was thinking about this. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the trumpet of God. It's the return of Jesus. And the dead in Christ shall rise. Wow. He's just like Jesus. Like Jesus, he could have gone straight to heaven in his spirit, but he doesn't. When Jesus dies, he rises from the dead in a physical body. And just like Jesus rose from the grave in an identifiable physical body, we too, when Christ returns, shall rise in our physical body. And there is a one-to-one -one correspondence between the body that dies, the body that rises, although the body that rises is going to be glorious. Hoping to shed a few pounds, you know, like, sweet. It's going to be awesome. But you might remember the prophecy of Isaiah in chapter 26. Your dead will live, their bodies will rise. Let those who dwell in the dust wake up and shout for joy. Wow. Resurrection day. Hallelujah. Notice another difference. If the directionally, if the present heaven is where God's people go up, to live with him after they die. The future heaven is where God comes down to live with his people on the new earth. And we saw that in Revelation 21. God creates a new heaven and a new earth. And then God's people come down. That's the resurrection. And it says God will dwell amongst his people. We will be with him and he will be our God. What a powerful moment when the reality of heaven comes down to be with us. And so I want you to see today that God's eternal plan is not the removal of creation. He created it good. It's not the removal of creation, but the renewal of creation. You see that in 2 Peter 3. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. What's that? That's the return of Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. The earth and everything done in it will be laid 
bear. Wow, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? Wow, you ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire. The elements will melt in the heat, but in keeping with his promise. What's God's promise? We're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. That's what our homesick heart longs for. A new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. The old world will pass away. The old earth will pass away. A new world will come. So take a look at the chart just one last time. At the present heaven, after death, the future heaven, after the resurrection. The present heaven is, is temporary. It's like a layover. But what's our final destination? Not just heaven, but heaven on earth. That's what we're talking about. Heaven on earth. What is the new heaven and new earth? It's the eternal home of those who believe. Incredible. Question two, what will it be like? What will this new heaven and earth be like? You know, a lot of people have this idea that uh, heaven's going to be boring. I don't know if you ever thought that or ever heard that. I've heard some people say, um, you know, I'd, I'd, love, I'd rather be having fun in hell than be bored in heaven. In fall of 2014, Rolling Stone magazine interviewed Stephen King, who spent his life writing about death. The interview asked, do you hope to go to heaven? King responded, I don't want to go to heaven, but I learned about when I was a kid. To me, it seems boring. The idea that you're going to lounge around on cloud all day and listen to guys play harps, I don't want to listen to harps. I want to listen to Jerry Lee Lewis. We have this picture of heaven, a lot like Stephen King and you know, what, a, what a number the devil has done on us. Heaven will be a place of boredom floating around on the clouds, disembodied spirits, playing the harp forever, which you know, would be a lot of fun for a few thousand years, but then you know, might just maybe get a little tired of it. For sure. Harps, all kinds of musical instruments, yes, of course. But it's not just singing. It's worshiping God and serving God with things to do and places to go and people to see on this new earth. Let's talk about that. What is this new earth, this new creation? What, what, what will it be like? Number one, not boredom, but joy and unending gladness. Isaiah 65, 17 through 19. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. God will create a world for us to experience joy and delight. In fact, God encourages it. Rejoice forever in what I create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. What a beautiful day. God will take delight in his people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. One of the questions I asked is, is, what does it mean that the former things will not be remembered? Does that mean we won't remember our life here on earth? And I don't think it means that. I believe that it means that the glory of this new heaven and new earth will be so great that it will bring us so much joy that 
in comparison of the suffering and pain of this life can seem like a distant memory. And Paul talks about how these light and momentary afflictions are, are producing in us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. You see, the joy is going to be beyond comparison. And then he says, you'll no longer hear the sounds of weeping or crying. We'll wipe away the tears from our eyes. What, what tears have you cried? Our tears are very personal. And, and the Bible says he'll wipe those tears away from our life. Thank you, Jesus. No more tears. What's it like? Joy and unending gladness. Number two, no more death. Never again will there be an, an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at 100 will be a child. The one who fails to reach 100 will be considered a curse. So what, what do we make of this verse? You know, it, it, you hear... Um, the one who dies at 100. And a lot of people said, you know, that can't be talking about heaven. There's no death in heaven. And that's true, right? So you go, what is this? And some people will say, uh, you know, that, that uh, John is talking about the, the eternal state, and then he jumps to the millennium, and then he's going to jump back to the eternal state. And, and that could be. We could be just this prophet trying to figure out God's plan. That's, that's one option. Or it could be in Isaiah 65, God is actually talking about the, the eternal state. And he's using language that we can understand from our own experience that points us to a lengthening of days, indeed an eternal life, that will never come to an end. As if if somebody could die at 100, they'd be an old man. No, that's never going to happen again. Because we will be with God forever. I'll let you decide which way you want to take that one. Also mentions children. What about children? We had a family uh, who was a part of Hope for a long time, Christu and Faith, whose son Blaze died of leukemia. Very hard. What if, just this is a question, if we look at this passage, could it be that in eternity God actually resurrects children at the age they die? I mean, can you imagine the joy of parents who've lost their little ones? To, to see their children in heaven. Could be. I think, these, I think these passages are really worth our reflection. Joy and gladness. No more death. We see echoes of this passage in Revelation 21. He'll wipe every tear from our eye. There will be no more death. Number three. Plenty to do. Plenty to do. There's going to be plenty of rest. I'm looking forward to that. There's a beach on the new earth that has my name on it. I'm sure of that. But there's also going to be plenty to do. Isaiah 65, 21 and 22. They will build houses and dwell in them. They'll plant vineyards and eat their fruit. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. Do you guys remember the original creation? Genesis 1 and 2. God makes the heavens and the earth. Then he makes a man and a woman. He places them in the garden. And he gives them a task to work and care for the garden. This is pre-fall. Of course, work gets a lot harder after the fall. We work by the sweat of our brow. But even this, this work, things to do, that was part of God's original creation intent, and that will be a part of our new creation. 
God will make a new heaven and a new earth and give us new bodies to live and work and take delight in his new creation. And I imagine an incredible place where there's learning and growth and adventure and, and fun. We'll never get bored. Number four, verse 24. Excited about this one. Closeness with God. Isn't it going to be amazing? Even if you have all those other things. And the big one here is we're going to be close to God. Those of us who have a deep yearning in our soul for, a, for an intimacy with God, we're going to experience that reality in heaven. I like verse 24. God says, before they call, I'll answer. While they're still speaking, I'll hear. You'll experience so much of the love of God that, that even, at, even when you speak, God will hear. He'll know. He'll be right there. There's an intimacy and a closeness with God in heaven that we've never experienced in our life. So yes, joy, no death, plenty to do. Best of all, best of all, closeness with God. Excited for that. Last one, number five, animal life. Here it is, the million-dollar question. Will there be pastor pets in heaven? I want to know. Will my little muffins be in heaven with me? My sweet kitty cat, my turtle, Harold, my gecko, my pet goldfish. Will there be pets in heaven? When I first started here, a, a person literally cornered me. I didn't even ask my name or anything. They're just like, hey, like, hey, they're like, are there pets in heaven? Like, my evaluation of your whole ministry uh, to come is based on this one question. So be gentle with me. When I was a kid, I had a dog named Toby. And we were good friends, me and Toby. And uh, he bit people. And one, more day, one day, there was no more Toby. <laughs> I don't know if he went to heaven. But if he did, I don't think he's biting anybody. The Bible doesn't necessarily speak to is my pet going to be with me in heaven? It doesn't necessarily say that. But we do see a lot of animals in heaven, don't we? We've seen it throughout. We see the creational life, the plants and creation. How about this? Verse 25. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. When God is, comes, when he's a part of our world, even the animals that will be at peace with one another. How much more so the saints of God and in our relationships with one another. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat straw like an ox and dust will be the serpent's food. Who's that serpent? The devil. He's going to be defeated. Awesome. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Take a look at this list one more time. Let's just put them up there. Joy and unending gladness. No more death. Plenty to do. Closeness with God. New creation life. You know what strikes me as I look at this list? Is that we're not just looking forward to heaven, but this heaven on earth combination. Oh yeah, it's heaven. God is there. But it's also earth. It's not a non-earth. It's a new earth. It's a transformed version of this world that we live in right now. 
Well, they've answered two of our questions. New heavens and new earth. Number one, what is it? It's the eternal home of those who believe. And number two, what's it like? Awesome. Summary. Number three, how do we get there? This is such an important question. Because I want you to be there. I want to be there. I want everybody I know to be there. And the reality is, the Bible tells us that not everyone will go to heaven. That's hard. Like it or not, that's what the Bible teaches. But we look at the end of Isaiah, very last verse. God leaves us with a strong warning. Isaiah 66, 24. This is the last verse. Tough one. God says they will go out and look on the dead bodies of those who rebelled against me, those who didn't trust God. The worms that eat them will not die. The fire that burns them will not be quenched. Wow. You know, Jesus talked about hell more than anyone else in the Bible. And when he did, he used this language. Does that sound familiar? The worm won't die, the fire will not be quenched. For those who don't trust in Jesus, the Bible warns of, of death, agony, separation from God, but Here's the incredible thing. God loved us so much that he devised a plan of salvation so that no one has to spend a single minute in hell. What are we waiting for? Today is the day of salvation. You hear his voice. Don't harden your heart. How do we get to heaven? There is only one way to get to heaven when we die, and it's through the one who defeated death and rose from the dead. The Son of God, Jesus, who paid the price on the cross for our sins. He did what we could never do. He rose from the dead so that we could be forgiven, resurrected, right? Have eternal life. And that's all that we've talked about today. That's, that's heaven after we die with God, with Jesus in glory. That is resurrection to the new creation. It's all of that eternal life starts today and lasts forever. In fact, the Bible says that if you have put your trust in Jesus Christ, you are a new creation in Christ. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Yes, awesome. So don't leave here today without trusting in Jesus Christ. We sang, He is worthy. And He is worthy of our trust today. He is the only one who can open the scroll. What is that scroll? That is the eternal plans and purposes of God. I couldn't open that scroll. You couldn't open that scroll. You know, Joseph Smith couldn't open that scroll. Uh, Muhammad couldn't. There is only one Savior who lives today. Jesus Christ, the risen one. He is alive and he offers the free gift of salvation. So if you are thirsty, come to the waters. Right? Buy without price. He's offering it for free. Don't let this moment pass. And because we can trust him, he is the God we can trust. That, is, that has been the big idea of this series. He is the one we can trust. He deserves our faith. He's worthy. 
And he is the way, the truth, and the life. And last one, because the hope we find in Jesus Christ. I love this. There's no more fear. We can live courageously. We can live confidently. We don't have to be afraid. This has been our theme verse, Isaiah 12, 2. Surely God is my salvation. I trust and not be afraid. Don't be afraid today. In fact, it goes on to say we can, it says with joy we draw from the wells of salvation. Draw hope, draw joy from this well of salvation. Well, I can't think of a better way to close our service today than to come to the table. What is this? This communion. The, the bread and the cup. This is a picture of the gospel. This is how we, we come to God, the good news. And we can have a new relationship with God through his broken body and his shed blood. I like to think of it as both a picture of the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. Because when Christians celebrate communion, we enjoy a meal with the risen Jesus. He's alive. You better believe it. He's here with us today. There is a spiritual presence of Christ when we take communion together.